egotistical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, so welcome on in everybody to the Saturday Night Network here for the week number two roundtable covering season 48 episode two of Saturday Night Live hosted by Brendan Gleeson and musical guest Willow. My name is John Schneider from the Saturday Night Network. So excited to be with you on this Monday night as we are every Monday night throughout the season to talk through everything on our roundtable, the show where I get to talk to some of my favorite people about Saturday Night Live and we talk about the sketches that we want to talk about here. No time limitations. We break down everything that's interesting from the week. And boy, there was a lot to talk about from this week. So many interesting sketches, so many moments. I think this is an episode we're going to remember for a very long time. So excited to be here with our panel and our live chat on this Monday. So if you have comments, make sure to drop them in throughout the show. But introducing our first panelist that is with us, it is the wonderful Kaylee Morrison. Kaylee, so excited to be with you. I'm so excited to be back. This is my first time back since last season. And, uh, I also want to say a quick happy Indigenous Peoples Day to y'all in the States, uh, which includes me. I don't know why I phrased it like that. But uh, yeah, so I'm here representing happy Indigenous Peoples Day. That's wonderful. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Also, I forgot to say off the top, not not that it's the same thing, but happy Canadian Thanksgiving to all of our Canadian listeners, as well as Canadian Thanksgiving today. So um, yeah, so a lot of uh, my friends were off work today. Okay, uh, Victoria Franzo is with us as well. Victoria, I know it's not a breaking news show. That's what we usually have you on, it seems recently. But uh, I think there's been a lot of news to talk about from this past weekend. So uh, welcome to the show, Victoria. How are you doing? Uh, I'm excited to be back in my first roundtable of the season. Uh, I'm excited. It's shaping up to be an exciting season ahead of us if these first two episodes are any indication. So I'm just, uh, I'm just happy to, to be here and talk about it. Looking forward to getting into it with you, Victoria. And of course, it is the uh, one, the only Andrew Haynes back for year number three with us. So Haynes, how are you doing? I am awesome. It was a beautiful fall day today. I've been having a great week since the Atlanta Braves are now the uh, fifth time in a row defending uh, National League East Division champs on our way to another World Series championship. I had a huge bowl of yakamine for dinner tonight. If people don't know about this amazing Creole dish, uh, it's a beef and shrimp noodle soup that is in in New Orleans, it's almost as beloved as gumbo, but it's 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 much less well known. Check it out sometime. Get you some yakamine. Mine ain't Miss Linda's, but it's really good. And today, the Carolina Panthers finally fired Matt Rule. So I am just living it up. It's a great day. I was gonna say Happy Indigenous Peoples Day as well. Um, I'm in a great mood, and I can't wait to talk SNL. Yeah, uh, Haynes is like. I feel infinite. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just, just a wonderful day for for Haynes. Uh, thank you for the uh, the major update from your life. Uh, glad everything is going well uh, with you. So uh, very fun to. I'm excited to talk through everything with this panel. Really, really excited about it. So let's start with every the way we start every single Monday night is our discussion of the hosts and. Let's go back a couple weeks when we found out that Brendan Gleeson was going to be hosting the second episode of Saturday Night Live. And I'll admit, I mean, the name, you know, maybe struck a chord. And I was like, who is that again? And I had to definitely do like a little bit of research. I was like, oh, yeah, OK. And and I, of course, knew Mad-Eye Moody from, from the Harry Potter series. But it was a little odd. Uh, I 
definitely knew that, you know, first I found out Miles Teller was hosting the premiere. That seemed to have been booked for a little bit. Then I found out that Megan The Stallion was going to be there. So that seems like the big name almost, you know, I'm not going to say comparison, like direct one for one, but that seems like the big name Kim Kardashian style host that they booked for the beginning of this season. But then week number two had that hole and we were, I was waiting to find out who that last person was going to be. There it is, Brendan Gleeson. So no expectations coming in. Character actor seems like somebody would be, you know, that our community would be very excited to see. And uh, wow, did he deliver. But I really just want to talk about the decision to book Brendan Gleeson and hosts like Brendan Gleeson. Do we want to see more of these older hosts, maybe these Irish shows, stuff like that? So Kaylee, let me start with you. How do you feel about what we got from the booking of Brendan Gleeson? Well, similar to you, John, I had a Kiki Palmer moment where I hope I don't sound ridiculous. Sorry to this man, because I also was like, who i thought like maybe he was on like the new game of thrones show or something <laughs> no uh so but i am now familiar with him and i was very pleasantly surprised and very pleased with his hosting capabilities so and yeah i, I definitely loved that they didn't stick to like a young young host i i like the the age diversity there so i hope they do keep surprising us yeah, me too. Victoria, how did you feel about the booking of Brennan Gleason? I didn't know who he was, admittedly. Once I didn't know who he was, so I didn't know what to expect. However, I think that worked in his favor because I think he did an incredible job. When it comes to hosting, or I'm sorry, when it comes to booking folks who are a little bit unknown or maybe perhaps older, I think as long as you're down to play and join in on the fun and you're all and you're game to do whatever. Come on by. I like the variety. I think it's it's great and it reaches uh, different audiences. So if there are fans of his who may not regularly tune in to Saturday Night Live, I think it's just a it's a good opportunity to, uh, you know, expand, expand the reach. Yeah, he did. And Haynes, I really like it. It's fascinating to me because it just seems like what they always go for is the name that you do know. And to me, like they really like, I, I just I'm so curious in their minds how they got to this. Like once you see it, it seems like a brilliant pick. But like with all due respect, we haven't seen these types of like amazingly like pinpoint correct decisions from the bookers over the last few years where they just pluck somebody out of obscurity and make them a star on SNL. So how did you feel about this booking? Well, I mean, you just nailed, you know, kind of the way I mentally processed it, which was that I heard the name. Um, kind of almost had like a, a, a Kaylee kind of reaction. You know, it sounded like someone who would be on Game of Thrones or something. Did, name did not ring a bell. Um, as soon as I Googled him, uh, I obviously immediately knew who he was. I have always liked him a lot. Every October, I watch a ton of Harry Potter, like all October long, just like getting ready for the to lead leading up to the spooky Halloween. Um, and Gangs of New York is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I love his character in that movie. I always loved that character. Um, so I... I, I've always really liked him as an actor. I knew it would be a smash and he totally was. Yeah. Do we want to see more of these types of bookings in the future, Haynes? Do you, is that like so. something? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was exciting. It was, it was a little bit different. Um, yeah. And I love the, I love just, you know, all the surprise that you get um, with this, with this type of booking. So yeah, it was a great choice, I think. 
Yeah, and I want to say to our audience, uh, and I'll go to you, Kaylee, is that I, you know, I think one of the reasons why hosts like this really work on SNL beyond the individual ability of the host is that when you book somebody who, like, you know, we always say the 67-year-old Irish guy, that's what he really defined himself as on, on the weekend. But when you book somebody like that, the reason why I think it works is because there's nobody on the cast who is anywhere like him. Like, there's nobody close to Brandon Gleason on the cast. So like, you know, when you have a Miles Teller, who I still want to say did a very good job last week, you could easily replace Miles Teller in a lot of the sketches with a cast member. I don't feel like anybody who's currently working at SNL could replace Brendan Gleeson from what we saw on the weekend. And I think that that's where you get something special is when you start to look for hosts that are different than what you have currently on the cast that you see on a week to week basis. Kaylee, let me go to you. I just wanted to bring up, sorry to delve a little bit outside of the actual show, but that promo, did y'all see that when he was skateboarding? That was real, <laughs> Amazing, right? actually, amazing. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Awesome. That was very different than anything I've seen in a long time. And even though I didn't know anything about the man, I, I was intrigued because of, of that uh, promo. So I just want to, if you haven't seen that promo of him skateboarding through 8H, try to find it. Yeah. And now that like, hopefully we're getting some of these pre-produced promos, which is something that happened on SNL a few years back and they stopped doing, you know, around the COVID time, they may be a good indication of what we're going to see on the weekend from a host. I'm, I'm curious if the correlation will be there between a really good, you know, pre-produced promo in those style of the Brennan Gleason, uh, you know, as opposed to like this typical like host musical guest and one cast member saying a couple lines uh, about their like funny names and stuff like that, which is what we typically get. Now, maybe we're going to get a little bit more of a glimpse into the host potentially. So that I, cool. I would love that. And, you know, even with all the cast turnover, um, you know, you knew that this was going to be a very fresh and new season, but that kind of stuff just really adds to it. And I, I didn't expect it to feel as exciting as it has. And it, and it really has. And, you know, great point about, um, you know, about not being able to replace, you know, Brendan with anyone from the cast. I mean, I've always said that my favorite hosts are standups because obviously they're going to crush the monologue and they're good with, you know, comic timing and delivery generally. Um, but you know, the, the, the cast is, is full of standups and, and this is def, you know, it's not full of, uh, classical, you know, stage actors and, um, and, and they always do a great job as well. Uh, it was just a, it was just a great pick and a great episode, I think. Yeah. Victoria, anything else you want to jump in on? I think he's wonderful. I think he was a pleasantly surprising addition to, to it. And I think what, as Kaylee called out the, the promo with the skateboarding, I think that was a, a foreshadowing of a great episode. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's keep a lookout for if we get one of those from Megan the Stallion coming out this coming week. And let's talk by talk. Let's start by talking about our cold open from this week. So last week, all the talk was about the cold open. This week, not as much, but it was to me still pretty strong with what we got with the game show. So you think you won't snap? And this is a game show that was hosted by Bowen Yang as Morgan Free Girl, and we get four different contestants here: Heidi Gardner, Chloe Feynman, Keenan Thompson, and Devin Walker. And uh, Punky and Sarah also make appearances in this one. And really, the question that Bowen wants to know is how far. Can and he pushed the contestants so that they snap. And we get different variations of this. So, you know, we love to look at the perspective of like, should this have been the cold open? How did it work? And we will start with you, Kaylee. How are you feeling about So You Think You Won't Snap? I think overall it was fine. It didn't read as like a typical cold open to me, which I, I, I kind of like the experimentation there. 
I had a few LOLs like Keenan instantly as soon as Elon Musk's uh, name came up. He just threw everything to the ground. I, that was Kaylee. That was I got funny. that for you. That's that's the one part that I clipped. So let me play that for the audience. Ah, this week Elon Musk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there, there were like that moment. There were a few laugh out loud moments for me, um, but then there were also some lulls in it as well. So for me, it was kind of middle of the road. I, I liked it. I liked the difference uh, than the typical political cold open but yeah it was fine victoria how'd you feel about it i think it's near for me this is a personal opinion here a near perfect cold open for for what i'd like to see i think it touches on politics pop culture and all that's happening in the world without acting out those individuals so instead of acting as Elon Musk, they've, you know, they've called it out. And I think it's a little bit more entertaining that way because it's kind of like a real conversation we would have if we're talking about uh, Elon Musk or Kanye West or whoever it may be. I think it was a a fun twist of like including those conversational topics, but in a, in a fun way. And I love Morgan free girl. I, I really loved that they basically said, okay, we want to cover the topics of the week. I know not everybody enjoys that aspect of Saturday Night Live, but I do like it when SNL says, okay, there's a lot of things that we do want to talk about. We don't want to necessarily focus on one and make that the subject of the sketch because maybe there's not enough there. So how do we find a way to do that? Is game shows the right format? Still not really sure, but they definitely in this case found a way or an angle on it where it's like so much this week is bothering so many people. Let's see how far we can push them. And that sort of developed there where it seems like I think it was supposed to escalate. I don't know if Devin as the last person escalated more than Keenan, but Haynes, I would love to ask you your thoughts on the cold open. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of with Kaylee that it was, it was kind of a middle of a road, uh, cold open for me, but I do agree with those points, um, that you and Victoria were making, uh, you know, about the way they you know, the way they found a way to touch on these things, um, you know, outside of the typical, like cold open. Um, I do think, and this is not exactly a hot take, but, you know, SNL can lean a little heavy on the game show um, sketches sometimes, Uh, you know, but um, first of all, Victoria mentioned one of my favorite parts because we always get this with game shows They we always get some sort of they fit in a joke with the host name. So that's always an excuse for like one dumb little treat for me to laugh at. And uh, Bowen was a great host. Uh, other than that, it was kind of middle of the road. Honestly, I mean, Keenan's Keenan's reaction was amazing. But outside of Keenan's reaction, maybe the best part was a clip of Joe Biden, which existed you know before the before the <laughs> sketch. Um, so it was kind of, yeah, kind of middle of the road for me. Yeah, I would like to talk very briefly about Bowen as the host, because obviously Bowen Yang has been a huge part of the first two episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine he's going to continue to be a star this season. I personally love that they decided to put Bowen as the host here and Keenan as the contestant. I feel like it worked really well. I think after Bill Hader left the show, Keenan sort of went into that hosting role of all the game shows. And I think in the case of the family feud thing, that sort of made a lot of sense when he was doing Steve Harvey. But I do feel that there were times in the past over the last few years during game show sketches that Keenan would have been better served as a contestant compared to a host. Here, I think it really showed why. Kaylee, do you agree with that? I completely agree with that. I thought Bowen did an amazing job. His timing, his rhythm uh, were so 
seamless and funny to me. And Keenan with the re- like, no one does reactions like Keenan. So I, I completely agree with you, John. Victoria, what do you think? I agree. I agree with Kaylee agreeing with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ains, what do you think? And, and do we need to see anybody else as hosts? Or do you think Bowen is a good host for game shows? I will tell you, the first thing I thought is I really agree with Victoria agreeing with Kaylee agreeing with you. <laughs> Big time. Uh, Bowen, Bowen crushed this. <laughs> I, knew, I knew he would. Uh, well, I didn't know he would, but, but he crushes everything. I just think Bowen's one of those people that seems to like not ever miss. Um, still too early to, you know, compare him to like one of my all time favorites and Phil Hartman, but they always talked about Phil Hartman was a guy that just never missed, you know? Um, and so, yeah, but I mean, Bowen did a really great job. And with the mention of Bill Hader, you know, I'm sorry that we can't pull this up for the audience right now, but if you, if you haven't seen Bill Hader's senior high school photo, you need to check that out. It was like a top post on Reddit today and it will change your life. It'll it'll do something to you. So go check go check out Bill Hader's senior photo. Uh, yes, and Bowen crushed it. Great choice. Haynes, if you could text me a link to that photo, then <laughs> I would put that up on screen. So no problem. Okay. Oh, actually, wait. I lied. Let me get that for you guys in just a moment. So uh, well, let's talk about one sketch, and then we'll pull up Bill Hader's photo on screen. Okay. So I think uh, I think we're pretty pleasantly surprised about the you know, the way that the cold opens have been going to start the season. Hopefully we do go three for three or continue to do well as we go. So uh, let's start by talking about some of the sketches that we want to talk about. We'll pull up that Bill Hader photo in a moment. So Kaylee, let me head over to you. What is the sketch that you would like us to talk about tonight? I want to talk about the new cast and vice sketch, the pre-tape sketch. I think it was uh, after the monologue. Okay. Am I right? Fact checkers. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I, okay, so it's, even though we're only in episode two, it's very clear to me, and I think, I'm curious to know what other people think, um, but it's very clear to me that they're making a very deliberate choice to weave in the new cast members, so maybe they're going to get more featured than, sorry to say it, you know, Aristotle or or Lauren Holt a couple years ago, Um, so I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it because like, it does feel like a little forced maybe, but I also as a performer uh, can appreciate that they're making room for people. And I thought this, this pre-tape sketch did an excellent job of, of showcasing all four of the new people. Um, of course, particularly uh, Mar- is Marcello. Am I correct? Am I saying that name correctly? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I got self-conscious um, and, and Molly, oh, it's okay. I thought. and and molly uh did did an excellent job um the character that molly played definitely gave me uh it reminded me of melissa mccarthy's character in bridesmaids like that same kind of i'm on a dangerous mission (laughs) that only certain people can know about um and i thought they played that very well uh and also you know, uh, I thought that the joke surrounding the pronouns was just the perfect way to handle that because I'm sure there's a lot of people in the audience that unfortunately are not up with the times. And I thought that joke and how they delivered it was uh, phenomenal. And I, I laughed out loud. I laughed so hard at that. So, uh, and I believe the sketch was written by by Colin Jost. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I really appreciate that he wrote this I think by himself, as far as I know. Uh, 
that, that was really impressive to me. So not surprising, but, you know, always impressive that Colin Jost. So yeah, I just really appreciated this one. Uh, and I thought of all the, the ways that they've been weaving in the new cast members, this was the most effective and made me start to fall in love with all of them. For sure. I mean, I definitely, you know, we're going to break this down and I want to talk about Molly's role in this. And I think that they were fantastic. Let me play a little clip from Molly in this sketch. But you know what Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler never did? Kill Vladimir Putin. Yes. And really the talk was a lot about killing Vladimir Putin and the different comparisons from cast members in the past. And I, as I get Victoria and Haynes's opinion on this sketch, I would just like to point out that on second watch watching this, I so much more appreciated how well Michael Longfellow, Marcelo Hernandez, and uh, Devin Walker played this because they were so calm and so normal in this that it really accentuated the differences between Molly and them. And I'd love to get, I, I, should, I have a point, but let, let me go to Victoria first and then I'll bring that up. I'll save that for in between Victoria and Haynes. So Victoria, what were your thoughts on the new cast advice pre-tape? In a word, phenomenal. I really, really loved it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, someone in the comments mentioned that it, they are doing a better job of including these newer cast members in in the sketches this year. And I, I, I would agree with that. And I love the ju juxtaposition, words are hard, of, as you just mentioned, how calm and level-headed and normal the other cast members had. And then, you know, elevating Molly's take and all, which Molly, thank you for being America's hero and, you know, and for going on that mission for all of us. So just just want to say thank you to, to them for that. But I also like that each of them had their own little jokes, too, which were funny. I don't it, they weren't lost on me because of Molly's uh, fun, you know, fun. What's it called? Script, as you can uh, as you would say. But yeah, no, I think it was great. I love the the different levels and. Yeah, especially I really loved this from Marcelo. He said, even if I'm not in any sketches for the first year or two, that's fine. <laughs> Which I think was very good. Obviously, Marcelo ended up going and having a great night, very similar to how Michael Longfellow in the previous week, there was a joke made about him only being in the cold open, and then he turned out to be on update as well. So uh, there was a lot there. Haynes, I want to get your opinion on this pre-tape, but tell me what you think of this. So... I started, I watched it again, and I said to myself, okay, Colin Jost wrote this, interesting. Sort of feels like a Mikey and Streeter thing. And you may be saying to yourself, well, wait, why? Because Mikey and Streeter, they weren't in it, doesn't necessarily feel like the typical thing. But I go back to the fact that Mikey and Streeter, I believe, contributed a lot to the uh, Close Encounters sketches that we got with Kate McKinnon. And I feel like this was written exactly like a close encounter sketch where you had the different people who had their experiences meeting the aliens in this case lauren michaels and then you had the one person was like that wasn't my experience so i wonder if there was sort of like a a little bit of inspiration there from that particular long-running sketch that we got with kate well absolutely the structure is pretty similar to those um i i think it would be in i think it would be impossible to assume that, you know, since Colin read all of those uh, scripts at some point, all of those sketches at some point, uh, you know, obviously there's there's back and forth influence, you know, when you're sitting in you know rooms reading and, and writing uh, with folks. So, yeah, you're right. I, I hadn't thought about that, but it, it did really reflect that similar structure as far as 
just my reaction to the sketch. It was, I mean, phenomenal is a great word for it. It was really amazing. I absolutely loved it. There was nothing I disliked about it in any way. I was laughing the whole time. Obviously, um, the way this, you know, sketch was written, Molly's character is going to be the one that, you know, you pay attention to and, um, you know, they take this wild ride. So, you know, they're going to kind of steal the show from that perspective. Uh, but even aside from that, um, you know, and, and, and all the other guys had great jokes and stuff, but, uh, just Molly's work was exceptional. I really, really am looking forward to getting to know them more uh, as as we move forward. Um, I just I got a I got a lot of vibes of this kind of goofy, almost stonery, just cool person, you know, goofball. Um, and I don't know how much that actually reflects. Uh, Molly in real life, but I definitely look forward to learning a lot more about them. That's for sure. I agree. And I don't think that we've seen enough of Molly yet this season, but this was a really good start for them. So, uh, but, and also I'll say after two episodes, I do feel like I know the newbies a decent amount, which is extremely refreshing for the start of a new season of Saturday Night Live, especially when you have four of them. So one of the things that we did this week on social media and every single Monday morning, we have our social media team put up polls that you can answer so you can contribute to the conversations on Monday nights and in our other shows throughout the week, including our by the numbers and patron feedback shows. So if you want to get your opinions in on the episode, answer those polls on Twitter and in our Instagram stories. And one of the questions that we did ask was, I thought this was a pretty funny question. Uh, I'm going to give credit to Nicole, I believe, for coming up with this one. So we wanted to know, basically, if, you know, besides Molly, who else in the past would Lauren have asked to try and kill Vladimir Putin? And the audience gave us some really funny results. Uh, I'll say number one response by far was Kate McKinnon. Number two, Chris Farley. So, you know, we did talk a little bit on Saturday about the Chris Farley and Molly comparisons. So definitely could see that there. I think, uh, yeah, we had some funny answers. Our, our friend Monette in the chat, I see uh, mentioned Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett. Uh, the former does the kill and the latter is put in to impersonate the real Putin to not arouse any suspicion <laughs> as well as past reforms in Russia that dismantles the oligarchical system. Very funny. We also got a lot of uh, not John Lovitz's. Um, <laughs> why? John Lovitz was the first name that came to my mind when you asked that question. I thought John Lovitz. That was my first thought. Jealous. Yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, some other good ones, uh, Tina, Sarah Palin, uh, Brooks Whelan, of course, uh, Vanessa Bayer, um, got a few Instagram votes and, uh, Norm Macdonald, the late great Norm Macdonald. Wait, so. did you say Brooks Whelan? Of course. Yeah. Well, yes. if that's what I was supposed to jump to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, there's some really funny answers online. If you want to uh, write them in as well, maybe we'll bring up some more on our patron feedback show later on in the week. Okay, so we're going to get to the next sketch that we want to talk about. But let me uh, take a break to thank our sponsor for tonight's podcast. And that would be the uh, high school picture of Bill Hader, which is up on screen on YouTube. So uh, thank you for, for setting this over. So um, yeah, this is a little bit of a visual thing for audio listeners if you want to come check this out. But uh, Kaylee, what do you think? I thought it was uh, a Backstreet Boy wannabe named Steven. That's <laughs> okay. what I'm getting from this. I would never guess that was Bill Hader. Wow. Wow, that hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to run very my fingers through it. Yeah. 
Okay, Victoria, what do you think? This little cutie sold me <laughs> sold me a compact computer at Circuit City <laughs> once upon a time, and I bought it. <laughs> let, let me just say, this is the type of person that I would go send to kill Vladimir Putin. So unsuspecting. <laughs> Absolutely. Seems like seems like the right person for it so um, yeah just yeah. just just add a leather jacket yeah yeah for sure so uh yeah <laughs> great job bill we're gonna uh one day when we get the bill Hader interview on the saturday night network we'll bring this back up for some fun okay <laughs> let's uh let's go to the next sketch that we want to talk about victoria i will head over to you i would like to talk about uh what's it called oh man headshots yeah headshots yeah headshots i i think it's I really want to talk about it because I think it was a very cute moment between Brendan and Colin Farrell. And I think I love more that they're, they've worked together such a long time ago and are still buddies and friends. And he came out to support him. I think it was a great way to sneak Colin back in to the, to the show and, and do something cute together. I love their friendship. And uh, that's something I really wanted to highlight. Uh, I love Andrew Dismukes in a beard. Uh <laughs> Bill Hader 2.0? <laughs> Maybe. I, I think, yeah. I said Will Forte a little bit. Oh, we'll talk about it. Um, no, <laughs> no, but I, I think it was a fun, a fun way. I, we haven't seen something like that in a, in a long time. It felt very, you know, uh, like early 2000s-esque type sketch of, of, you know, playing, getting a photographer and, you know, they're being silly and, you know, double shy boys and uh, cute double shy boys. And then uh, I love the element of Tiger Beat because I used to buy that religiously. And then on the, you know, Irish shy boys on the, on the cover too. I think it was funny that, you know, it's a cute twist of like, oh, of course the, the young gentleman, Michael Longfellow wants to get his headshots, but then his um, cute grandpa, steals a show and then hot Colin Farrell comes in and, and they're doing a cute photo shoot together. So I, I just thought it was cute. <laughs> That's my word I, for it. I feel like this will stay in our lexicon for a very long time. Double cute shy boys. <laughs> yeah, just the, uh, I have to say, I, I you know, I, I pull these down clips every week and I have to, th I have to thank uh, one of our interns, Julia, who helps me pull these. And uh, I was listening to them and just like the way that Andrew speaks, like, you can move your huge ass. Like, I would never imagine that voice coming out of that body. Like, I almost like if we were playing the voice and I'm like turning my chair around, like he it's like he looks like Andy Samberg, but he sounds like like that. And it's just it's very jarring to think about even just uh, even this line. Um, Bite that lip and pop that hip. Like the, he's so good with everything he does. He's absolutely incredible. I'm so happy to have Andrew on this cast. Ains, how do you feel about the sketch? Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, to to comment on the the vocal work by Andrew Dismukes, it it was so it was so like tough and like man masculine, but like artsy. It, it reminded. It, I thought. I bet that's the way Ernest Hemingway like lectured people. You know, like being like <laughs> it's about honor and valor <laughs> and. Uh, so first of all, th this this sketch was pretty funny to me. I thought um, I really thought that uh, m m that this and you know the um, the high school sketch were maybe his best work throughout the episode, and I think he did a great job overall. Um, this this sketch uh, he really nailed uh, going through all the motions, um, just taking on all the different 
um, sides of that character as we as we slowly but not too slowly you know see him come out of his shell um so it was it was it was a good sketch it you know it built the right way it had a it had a great ending yes it was it was cute it was fun um it was it just gave me warm laughs yeah yeah it was it was wholesome and funny yeah I just think Andrew's bringing something that we really were missing for like a long time throughout the previous era of the show, which is just like seeming so like unsuspecting, but being so freaking weird. And I think that's wonderful. Like even this line, which I keep thinking about and laughing to. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen Seinfeld. And I've seen Seinfeld. So well written. So well done. Kaylee, how do you feel about the sketch? I really liked it. I, I I really, really enjoyed watching the kind of slow build of Andrew Dismukes um, and him turning out to be nothing like what I expected. And I thought this was a great showcase for him. He was so committed to his character, the deadpan. It really worked. Uh, but this sketch was also very endearing. Like when the grandpa character came in, like, I just want to give you your, your, your fedora. Like, it was just really sweet <laughs> in a weird, odd way to, you know, like, it, you know, that I've all seen that viral tiktok video of, of the 100 year old man getting taken to to disneyland um it had kind of that vibes where it's like we're seeing like an older gentleman i mean brendan gleason is not 100 years old let me make that clear but you know we were getting to see a grandpa character really getting to be in the spotlight and and uh celebrated and that was really endearing i thought I thought it was great. Now, my big question about this sketch, because I really think it was working on all levels, even on a second watch, I felt even stronger about it. And this to me is a really uh, is, is a concept that can be replicated many times over. I think I would love to see Andrew Dismukes photographer character either repeated or the scene repeated people coming into his you know photography studio i really feel like this is the type of sketch that i was missing from snl that i think could be a recurring sketch victoria would you like to see this again yeah i of course and, and yeah that's not a question i would love to see it over and over again um i do also want to call out my favorite line from the sketch um why so shy cute boy and that's going to be my pickup line moving forward. <laughs> okay, good. Let us know how that goes. <laughs> I will. I'll report back. Thanks. Uh, Haynes, would you like to see this again? Do you mean this exact sketch, like another headshots sketch, or just a similar type of structure and format? No, another headshot sketch. I would l I'm asking if you'd like to see either Andrew Dismukes' character again or like a, a similar sketch of people like coming into the studio again. Well, listen... Um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, you know, anytime somebody comes through a door, that's, you know, we're getting to introduce a, a character, you know, that wasn't here a second ago. So you've got this kind of, you know, set up and then this little surprise. So that's fun. But, um, I would love to see that character develop. I would love to see whatever his name was, the photographer. I would love if we got a few of those where the character actually developed, we learned more about that character and the, you know, the shots and the poses that people are doing will be funny and people coming out of their shell maybe will be funny, but I would, I, I'm a sucker for a character development and I would love to see that little guy turn into someone that we can really laugh at in a lot of different ways down the road. If we learn, you know, like what we think we can get from this character, but we're still every sketch, we're learning a little bit, something new that you didn't expect. That would be great. It would create kind of a legend, you know, a, uh, the most interesting man in the world kind of vibe. Um, I would love for that. 
Yeah, and I don't like I don't think we really have a recurring Andrew Dismukes character at this point, from what I, I can remember. So. Yeah. So Kaylee, what do you think? Do would you like to see either this recurring sketch or the recurring character? Definitely as to the character, maybe the sketch, but uh, similar to what Haynes is saying, definitely some kind of twist or, or variation on it. I would love to see if it is a headshot sketch. I, I would love to see like some wild physicality from the subject of the, of the photograph. Um, maybe there's animals involved. I don't know, but something that really breaks it up. Uh, and that was like the only thing that, left, that I was left craving was a little bit more physicality and like the poses or something um, just for like a nice screen picture. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely would not mind seeing Andrew play this character again. Yeah, I do want to say from the chat that, you know, a lot of people have felt like, oh, they want to, they wouldn't want to see this again because it was one and done and so, so perfectly done. And I, I would be very curious. I really think that this is something that the SNL writers, like I, I would challenge them to find a way to use this character again and make it feel somewhat unique. I think that is, I think that would be exciting, you know, just because we haven't seen an Andrew Dismukes recurring character and it would be fun to see what they could potentially do with that. So um, I would love to see that. Okay, Haynes. Over to you for the sketch that you want to talk about. Well, there were several really good ones tonight. Um, and I would have been happy to talk about any of them. But I am going to bring up uh, the sketch where Sarah Sherman gets her eyeballs replaced. Uh, this was pretty amazing to me. I, I you know, I'm definitely a, a, a 10 to 1 kind of guy. Um, and this was just, it was it was it was funny from the start. I mean, this goofy gag. She's you. You're obviously waiting to see what she's going to reveal as she's been holding her head down. Um, it kind of you know reminded me of uh, of um, uh, Tim Robinson. You know, eating the hot dog in the meeting on. Uh, I think you should leave. I had like a little bit of that vibe going. I'm going. Okay, what's what's she going to be doing down here? And then she pops up with the googly eyes. Googly eyes have always been popular. Everybody gets a kick out of googly eyes. Um, but uh, but it was just it was full of great lines. And I love the way that, you know, she seems to portray so many of her characters um, with this, you know, big drama like she like oh, like everything is so dramatic, you know, and when she goes on Weekend Update and she's busting Collins chops, everything's so dramatic. It's so over the top. And um, and it, but it doesn't feel it doesn't get old to me. Not yet. It, it hasn't felt that way. Um, it's, it's, it's funny every time the way she leans into the, to the drama of these things. And, um, and it just had, and it had a ton of great lines. I mean, she, she pulls, she pulls, she's saying stuff like, well, I got them. I got new eyeballs to improve my appearance. You know, people are laughing at that. And then, uh, and then she realizes that, you know, she can replace them. It'll be fine as long as she's refrigerated her eyeballs and she pulls them out of her pockets and goes, you know, realizes she hasn't had them in there in 72 hours. And I loved when she uh, was like, can you guys smell them and tell me if they're still good? And, she, you know, by this point, we're realizing she's, she's, you know, really blind. It seems like she probably can't see anything uh, while she's doing this. And she's going, uh-huh. And you're smelling them? And they're good. <laughs> I just love the way that she doubled down on that. Um, and uh, and and plenty of other good lines. You know, City of Angels didn't make me laugh, but Keep Austin Weird definitely did. Denver, Keep Austin Weird. Like I just got a laugh out of that dumb line. And then um, and then her little exit speech, like don't pretend like it actually wasn't a little bit motivational. You know, like people were like the audience didn't clap just because it was funny. They were, they loved the way her character like exited that room when she said, you know, if you don't, 
pay attention. You know, like life will pass you by if you blink or whatever the line was. I'm goofing up the line, but um, but it was a, but it was a great exit. Um, and just I, I thought top to bottom, very funny uh, sketch with plenty of plenty of attack on the awkward. It was very Sarah Sherman. I loved it. Let me ask you something about that exit, because I was, again, pulling sound clips today from that sketch, and I was listening to what she said, and I saw on Saturday during our Hot Take Show chat, someone's like, oh, no Jewish jokes from Sarah. And I was like, wait a second. Let me listen to this line and tell me if you hear what I'm hearing with this, okay? And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I bid you all a Jew. <laughs> I don't think she's, I don't think that, I don't, I think, I don't think, I don't th I think you're hearing things there. I think you're a little bit desperate for the Jew references, but. I, I, I'm pretty sure that, wait, one, one more time, one more time. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I bid you all a Jew. I, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure that was. It's a strong J sound. It's a strong J sound. It's a strong yeah. J sound. I will give you that. I'm pretty sure that was that. But yes, uh, to Haynes's point, I think last year with Sarah Sherman sketches were really fantastic. I think a lot of people's minor criticism was like Sarah was like putting on a very Sarah Sherman voice. However, in this sketch, I love the fact that the character almost felt like they had their own voice. Sarah was like the cadence with all the lines. Um, I really love the start of this where um, basically the sketch kicks off like it's going to be. I, I almost reminded me a little bit of Debbie Downer in a sense where she goes like, nobody noticed I got my eyes replaced. And then like that break, you expect there to be like a theme song pop up and it's like mm -hmm. along comes the Janine, like whatever it is. And that, you know, I expected something there, but I really felt like all the lines like Kane said were extremely on point Kaylee let me head over to you what were your thoughts on the eyes sketch okay so I have to say this one did not quite hit for me but I wonder if a big part of that is because I didn't get to watch it live I had to watch it the next day and I it was spoiled for me because I saw pictures all over the internet of, of with the eyes so I knew what was coming um so I wonder what it would be like to see with with fresh eyes <laughs> um but yeah, so I, I thought Sarah, Sarah's performance was great in it. I agree, the soliloquy. Uh, there was a really funny button at the end where they ended up using her uh, her slogan. Um, there was part of me that, that wondered, and I'm not trying to start any trouble, but there was part of me that wondered, like, is this problematic? I don't know what the jury says on that one. For who? But, I mean, electing People to... with googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I, I'm not saying it was or it wasn't it, I just wondered is what I'm saying I wonder uh, electing not to be able to see maybe like read a little off to me but hey I'm just putting it out there I, I don't know so um, I would be curious to hear what other people think about that um, but yeah again I thought her performance was great but I didn't laugh Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Different, th different uh, things work for different people. So Victoria, I would love to know where you are at about this sketch. I thought this was a great piece of Sarah. It's Sarah's very into the prosthetics. And if you look at her Instagram, it's a lot of eyes and teeth and tongues and pimples and, and all that. I think it was a great way to blend the comedy that some people are weirded out by too, but, you know, <laughs> melding it with 
SNL style sketch. I think it was, I think it was fun. Uh, wasn't my favorite of the night, but I do think it was, it was well done. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Brendan Gleeson in this. He is not a corporate American man, but I love that he tried. You know, I love that he really, <laughs> really tried. This was his worst uh, performance of the night, that character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's his worst best. Like that's, that's like the best worst performance because it was, it was funny. He was clearly not, you know, not that character, but it was just funny that he was just like, legally we cannot say anything or whatever it was mm. um no i think it was i think it was fine uh i i do appreciate that sarah's kind of putting more of herself and her style of comedy into these sketches even if it's uh a little weird and ferris bueller we can't go wrong yeah uh, I always love the like in the office sketches. I wish they would do more of these. I really absolutely love that 10 to 1 that we got last season with another host that people were comparing to Brendan Gleeson, Willem Dafoe, where we had the whole thing where Willem throws the chair out the window. To me, that gave me like one of the funniest laughs of last season. And then, you know, I even go back to this sketch that to me was always a very funny, famous sketch uh, right after 9-11 where Sean William Scott was hosting the show and you had Will Ferrell come in with the like, patriot themed like underwear and shirt which is like a very famous sketch where he's like walking around the office and stuff like everyone's supposed to be like wearing their best like uh, u.s themed stuff and he like <laughs> takes it too far like i feel like office stuff is to me there's a lot still to like mine there i feel like it's always uh, a very funny sketch starter where it's like okay all these people at work are supposed to be like seriously doing the work but then you have like the one weird person who comes in and it messes up the sketch i feel like you're already off to like a pretty good success with that and i think that that's a, an area that i wish they would explore more a little bit in the last few years so um yeah, I, I really enjoyed everything about this. Always was really thrilled to see Sarah Sherman uh, even just pop up close to the end of the show, considering she got cut last week from the end of the episode. Happy to see her get that this week. Okay, uh, so anything else on eyes? All right, let's talk about the sketch that I want to talk about. And yeah, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about the Try Guys sketch a little bit more because uh, we did. Yeah, let's get ready because we All talked right, I'm about I'm opening this. up the comment section. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Covering my googly eyes because I, uh, I really, uh, I really just felt like you know I watched this a bunch of times after, uh, you know, just being real. We posted the you know our little highlight clip from the hot take show on Saturday night, which uh, I vent you know if you haven't seen it, I venture you to go check it out. Check out uh, mine and Bill and Andrew Dick's thoughts on the sketch from right after the episode, and it was a fun like disparity in the discussion of the conversation. But we posted it, and like the comment section was absolutely nuts. Twitter has been absolutely nuts about this. So obviously, uh, there's a lot of angles to tackle with this sketch. But to me, I think that, you know, I tried to break down for some other people who are not like very strong SNL people, like what really makes this sketch work well because to me this was probably like my highlight of the night maybe one of them this the night was fantastic but um i think brendan gleason is built in as the representation of the people who are so utterly obsessed with this and they never would have been 
before this happened. So like people who probably didn't know who the Try Guys were, but now have like jumped onto the bandwagon of how important this is. And then Ego is the representation of everyone who's just like, why is this happening? And I think the character construction there was so smart. Let me play a couple lines from Brendan and then we'll break this down with the rest of the panel. But uh, really loved just the start of this when Brendan goes. Sorry, Laura, I'm getting breaking news that the Try Guys have now in fact responded <laughs> to the whole Ned Fulmer situation. Wow. And it's the subversion of expectations, right? Because you don't expect this older Irish reporter to have any interest or know anything. <laughs> you don't expect to be watching CNN and them talking about the Try Guys stuff. But, you know, the lines that he uses like this. First off, Eugene, Zach, Keith, it's an honor. <laughs> Just the passion <laughs> in his voice. I really feel like that's what makes this so funny. And all the talk about this. You have to remember, Laura, the side chick was a food baby. All the stuff about the food babies, the it's an honor, the uh, this. Thank you for your bravery, Try Guys. There's so much there to <laughs> mine, I think, with Brendan's character here that I feel like there's not there's so much emphasis on the fact, you know, from the general public who maybe are not like as tapped into SNL. But why did they go after the three other Try Guys instead of going after Ned? But to me, it wasn't about them. To me, it was all about Brendan's character here and exploiting, you know, Brendan as the caricature of the people who are so obsessed with the situation. So, Kaylee, we'd love to get your thoughts on the Try Guy sketch. I thought it was really funny, especially for someone who everything I know about the Try Guys is, is known against my will because uh, I, I, I didn't follow them before. Um, of course, I heard about all of this controversy uh, with with the rest of America, the world, maybe even. Uh, I saw the video. Um, they were uh, specifically parroting uh and the visual of seeing the three of them on that couch was hilarious uh definitely and and uh brendan's performance he was so committed i i totally agree with you john uh it was so hilarious to see him take it so seriously um but yeah for for from my perspective as someone who's not super familiar with with these people um the questions being asked the perspective um it was like wait what's going on why do we care you know like this this yeah yeah i i thought it was funny i thought it was um both visually and and written very funny victoria how'd you feel about it oh man i better be careful before <laughs> people come after me no uh do your thing yeah i'm just whatever like Kaylee mentioned, everything I've learned about the Try Guys over the past few weeks has been against my will. I've never sought it. It's just come in front of me. So right. I don't know. I don't know the full story. I just know some guy did something very bad and that he shouldn't have. Like the baseline, we can all agree with like cheating is bad. That being said, taking a look at the sketch itself, the the makeup, the hair, the costume, the the setup was phenomenal. Uh, I think visually speaking, spot on. It was great. I do agree with Kaylee agreeing with John again about how Brendan Gleeson's character, you know, being a serious CNN reporter, or, you know, even Brendan Gleeson himself playing this of like, how, like, who would, know, how would they know that those three dudes uh, and using that as like a character caricature. Um, but I also identify as Ego Nawodom's character in all of this of like hey there are things happening in the other parts of the world let's kind of focus on that and they're like they're a bigger fish to fry than a try guy so uh i think it was funny i understand why people are 
upset, um, but also it's a sketch and it's comedy. Yeah, I mean, like I, I personally had a, a situation on the weekend where like I spoke to my dad on the phone. My dad's in his 70s. Like he's not tapped into the internet. And he said to me, like, he's like, did you hear about this like Try Guys SNL thing? And I was like, you <laughs> oh too? It's like the perfect representation of what this was trying to say is like the disproportionate care about the situation. Look, I'm not justifying anything that happened. I'm not Correct. saying that, you know, like Ned wasn't in the wrong. I'm not getting into all the nitty gritty details because I understand people will be like, you, you don't understand. You don't understand what Ned did. I get it. Okay. But I'm yeah. saying just as far as like looking at, just at the SNL sketch, like it is making fun of the fact that the world seems to like really care about this. Right. So Haynes, what was your perspective on it? Well, let me say, I do not understand what Ned did. I do not understand who the Try Guys are. I probably, <laughs> I probably won't anytime soon. Um, this, uh, this was, it, 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 listen, it was still a pretty funny sketch. The way it started, um, I kind of, was shaking my head a little bit. I was like, oh man, this is going to be another, you know, TikTok reference or something that I don't know because I'm not like <laughs> surfing TikTok all day. And sometimes when we have those sketches, I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is for, you know, a different set of fans. I'm not, I'm not getting the references. You know, sometimes the characters are funny, but, but usually I'm not getting some of those references. Um, have, yeah, had no idea who the Try Guys uh, were. Um, I know nothing about the controversy, but um, the sketch still turned out pretty well to me because even though, you know, I, I wasn't familiar with them, like you said, um, you know, the joke is about this guy who's just so passionate about this thing that can't possibly be as important as like real news um, being being so passionate that he's losing his professionalism, you know, on screen. Um, and <laughs> even though that's the only joke. So it's kind of it's kind of one note in that way, and they're like beating that same joke over and over again. I still got laughs. I still got laughs out of it, like throughout the whole sketch. Um, you know, they they were decent lines, and and again, you know, Brendan Gleeson just did a really great job selling you know the the goofy passion for something that you know even as someone unfamiliar with the Try Guys, I. I got the vibe that this was something we're not supposed to be that excited about that we need to be talking about it during you know during this um you know cnn news break from the white house or whatever it was um so listen i got plenty of laughs um i don't know what all the controversy is about maybe i should be offended maybe i shouldn't uh generally with generally with jokes i remind people that you know it's it's an act and it's a joke sometimes people get like sometimes people take stuff that stand-ups say seriously and i'm like they're, if they're on a stage, don't take it seriously, you know, <laughs> like, um, so I, so I don't know what's going on here. Uh, but, um, but I, I got laughs from Brendan Gleeson's character and, um, you know, Ego definitely represented me as someone just being like, I'm sorry, what is this about? Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I got plenty of laughs. I got the vibe of why I was supposed to be laughing, of course. And, uh, and so, and so I, I still enjoy the sketch. Yeah, I, I think Haynes articulated that much better than I did of just the joke is everyone's fixated on on the Try Guys when there's much larger news. And I like that juxtaposition of having it air on CNN and, you know, like we're trying to get to the real news, but they keep going back to this this video of these three dudes. Uh, not just again, I don't want to minimize the actions of of Ned and, and all of that. It's it's very wrong. And 
just clear. I don't even think out. SNL was trying to minimize the actions of Ned. Like, I don't yeah. even think that was the, that was the thing. And that's what like sort of, uh, frustrated me about the general public response to this sketch, which was like thousands upon thousands of people were so upset that Saturday Night Live attacked the people who were supposedly and and rightfully so probably innocent in the actual situation. But the sketch wasn't about the actual situation. This sketch mm -hmm. was about the reaction to the situation. And it just made me feel like most of the people that were upset about it didn't even get to watch the sketch to begin with. And yeah. that was what was frustrating because mm -hmm. truth be told, Saturday Night Live has done stuff like this for decades. Maybe not Sat recently. Satire yeah. Day Night Live. Yes, exactly. Wow. Thank, thank you, Haynes. I, I love good. it. And yeah, they, they would go after the public and po political figures and uh, famous celebrities for this exact thing for, for years and years and years. And it is really fun to me. And I, I please, I really hope that next week there's no like commentary on the Megan Thee Stallion episode about the reaction to the sketch because I don't think that's necessary. But I would say like, it's fun to me that like, they sort of like went with it and then they're like wiping their hands of it. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we made fun of the people who care about the situation. And I think like that's what SNL should be. And I actually really, I don't know. The focus for me too was Mikey breaking and, and laughing a lot during that sketch. I don't know if anyone else caught that, but he kept looking down and, and smiling and he laughing. Did. I uh, I don't know that I see him break too much. It brought me back to Fallon. That's and, what I was going to say. Himself. Yeah, he's yeah. so he's not one that you usually see break, but he was definitely trying a little bit at a few moments, yeah, to keep it together. Yeah, it was funny. All right, Kaylee, anything else on this one? No, I just agree. I, th I think it was more of a statement on the bizarreness of how encompassing it was rather than the actual controversy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with, with myself, agreeing with John, agreeing with Victoria, agreeing with Haynes. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to be talking about this sketch for years to come. And uh, one of the questions that we did ask this week on our polls was, did you know who the Try Guys were before seeing the SNL sketch? And I think from what I understand on the panel, only Victoria, you're the only one who knew that, who they were prior to this? Like before, prior to the whole sketch or scandal, really? Yeah, again, not. I watched them years ago. I haven't since they first started. And then this whole situation just was on my For You page. TikTok thought I needed to see it over and over okay. again. Well, we did ask our audience and they said about 70% or 71.19% said that they knew who the Try Guys were before seeing the SNL sketch about them. So I was curious. It seems like, I mean, you would think the people online would naturally probably more likely to know about the Try Guys in the first place. But I thought it was some interesting data to think about. And I thought that one of the other things I was doing, I was taking my notes uh, yesterday for the episode and I was looking down at the uh, impressions that, you know, Andrew and Bowen and Mikey did from this. And I saw I was like, okay, uh, so Mikey Day plays Zach Kornfeld. And I wanted to look, okay, how exactly do I spell that? So I go to Zach Kornfeld's Wikipedia page. All of a sudden I see, hey, Zach from the Try Guys appeared on an episode of Saturday Night Live. Kind of crazy. So we posted that clip on our social media. You can go find that at our Instagram or Twitter at the SNL Network. And we posted that uh, all the way back in the day during the Elijah Wood episode of Saturday Night Live, Zach from the Try Guys appeared in a Wake Up Wakefield sketch. 
uh, you know, that sketch very famously hosted by Rachel Dresch and Maya Rudolph uh, with Jimmy Fallon and that a bunch. So uh, that was kind of fun, like a weird connection that like, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, Zach, uh, Eugene, Keith, like go in on SNL. Well, you know what? Zach appeared on Saturday Night Live. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kaylee, is there anything else from the episode that you would like to bring up tonight? Uh, I just want to say that like my favorite uh, when it comes to hosts is when they get, you know, an actor who's maybe known for more serious roles. And he even made the joke in the monologue about no one saw the black and white like Beth that I did um, because the way that they commit uh, to the seriousness of a scene and their objective in the scene is, is just so funny to me. So that's just kind of my, my general uh, thought for this man. I did not know previously, but, Hey, I think I'm a fan now of, of Mr. Brendan Gleason. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited to see how they continue to work the newbies into the fold. So we shall see. Haynes, you want to jump in there? Uh, not much. I just, he said, right? Didn't he say Joel Cohen's black and white Macbeth? Is that what he said? Is that what he said? Or did I mishear that? Oh, he I said something. I heard him say, yeah. I heard him say, I heard him say black and white Macbeth. And I thought he said Joel Cohen's black and white Macbeth. And if, if he wrote that adaptation, I would be interested in seeing that. Um, I don't know anything about Banshees of Inishirin. Is that the thing that he was promoting, kind of? Is that yeah. the thing that's coming up? Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm a big Coen Brothers fan. Sorry to get off topic. I thought, I guess I'm the only one who heard that. <laughs> no problem. Okay, Victoria, is there anything else from the episode that you would like us to talk about? I just want to give a shout out to Blood Oath. Okay. Uh, I love uh, it. And I know... We don't want to compare too much, right? But it did remind me of the French chef with Dan Aykroyd as Julia Child. And, you know, oh, it's like blood. I, that was, it was a fun, I don't know. It made me, it was a cute little haha that I gave out. Uh, and overall, just, you know, Brendan Gleeson did an awesome job. I think he was down to play and it showed and, and he really jumped in. So, yeah. And I'll shout out to Marcelo Hernandez's weekend update. Oh, well, yeah. Let's say one yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So let's, okay. let's talk about Marcel in a moment. Let's talk just about talk about Blood Oath because you did bring that one up. So mm -hmm. on Saturday, I mean, there was a lot of discussion about, okay, it, like if the blood thing works for you, the sketch worked for you. I didn't really notice throughout the first watch of this how much fun Brendan was having with the spraying the blood, including like going behind <laughs> the back and spraying it in Keenan's face. Like I thought that that was really great. Haynes, did you like Blood Oath? <laughs> yeah, I did. And you know, Victoria, that that sketch that you mentioned with Julia Child, I, that might be my earliest SNL memory. I mean, I was not, I was not watching it live. It was obviously you know, a, <laughs> a rerun that I was seeing, but 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 I remember seeing that at my grandparents' house, thinking it was so funny. Um, I listen, you know, I, I I watched the Hot Take Show. I I, I watched Bill just completely hate on the sketch. Bill has a great mind for SNL, and I very often agree with him. But, um, you know, and, and he said something like, come on, that technology has been around for a million years. Who cares? Fart jokes have been around for a million years. It's funny. <laughs> I, I like dumb funny. And, for, and, and I think these are always, um, even though it's, it's the same gag that you're seeing, I mean, it is different every time. Um, in the same way that, you know, like, look, you know, a fire or the ocean is the same, but it's, it's never, it's never the same, you know, you can see it because every time you get these spraying blood or spraying vomit sketches, 
there's always the person in control of that is always doing their best to like really hit someone in the eye or in the mouth. And so the whole thing that you're watching to me is, is the rest of the characters who know they're going to get sprayed, like trying not to really take it too bad, like up the nose or anything. And I love the genuine reactions because, you know, obviously this is all written, but in that moment we get to see genuine reaction because you can prepare for this but still your, your body's just not conditioned to like want to take a shot in the eye or in the mouth and i think i love stuff where we spray blood and vomit um not for the gore but just for the the goofiness of like really trying to you know get that wine in colin's face or something like it's just it's it's funny to me it's still funny to me so yeah i enjoyed it yeah, I think there was like a really clean shot of like the blood going right into Chloe Feynman's mouth. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like I got that on this on the second watch. Kaylee, did you like Blood Oath? I, I thought it was fine. I, you know, very quickly figured out what, what how it was going to go. So and, you know, it, like the Julia Child, uh, it's very familiar. So it, it wasn't anything exciting for me. Uh, I did think Brendan was was having a lot of fun. And Mikey was really giggly in this one, too. Did y'all notice that? Yeah, I think he was having a lot of fun in that one. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about Marcelo Hernandez's first appearance on Weekend Update, and we get that commentary from him all about baseball. Haynes, obviously, you were a big baseball guy, so how do you feel about Marcelo's update appearance? Um, I loved that. Uh, I don't want to get too far down the line with what we're going to talk about uh, through the rest of this episode, but listen, he had a, he had a very strong you know, first weekend update appearance, I would love, um, you know, after, uh, you know, Longfellow's appearance last week, this one uh, was even, I thought it was just really, I thought it was really great. I would love to see Molly do a weekend update appearance, but uh, Marcelo, Marcelo's was awesome. He, it felt very natural. He didn't have a lot of hesitation, maybe just a little bit at the beginning, Um you could see just the teeniest bit of tightness, but it melted away very quickly. And he really got into his character. And by the time he's standing up and doing his hips and getting the whole audience pregnant, like he, I mean, he was selling it. And I, I mean, I, I thought it was a really fantastic first, you know, look at, at, at what this guy might be bringing to the table. I enjoyed it a lot. I was devastated that they did not talk about, cause I thought we're in New York, you know, they're, they're, they're talking baseball. I thought certainly we are going to hear about how those pathetic Mets dropped a 10 and a half game lead that they thought was so sure that they were going to win the NL East this year. And they, they dropped it like a bunch of idiots. And I wanted so bad to hear about that on SNL. So I'm sorry they didn't touch on that. I'm sorry they didn't touch on that. But it was a wonderful performance. I really liked it a lot. I think it was more on brand that they talked more about the Yankees than the Mets on SNL on Saturday. So I think... <laughs> Yeah, that, that made sense. I, I did love this from Marcelo. He's like, thank you to my mother and my sister and my father and that one guy from the bodega that gave me that papita that one time. <laughs> so good with that. And then the announcer and everything. He was just, uh, I, I assume this was probably from the stand-up that he did, but just really strong stuff from him. <laughs> man, I love Miami, man. So good. <laughs> so, so great. <laughs> love that, that uh, segment. Kaylee, how did you feel about Marcelo on update getting to see him for the first time there? I loved it. I thought he did so fantastically. And, you know, I always really appreciate it whenever someone uh, gets to make jokes about their culture instead of someone else getting to make the joke. And I just thought the writing was fantastic. And the main 
word that came to mind watching him was energy. His energy was so fun and so amped up and just, I just loved watching it. I thought it was a great showcase for him. Victoria, anything else you want to say about Marcelo? I'm going to use the word juxtaposition again tonight. Uh, I do like the juxtaposition of like Longfellow's calm, cool, collected appearance on Update versus Marcelo's and his physicality is awesome. I think as Haynes mentioned, it's a great intro into what he's going to bring into the show. And I, I hope to see a little bit more. Yeah, very different than uh, Michael's... Uh... My odd haunting voice very <laughs> long fellow versus marcello okay yeah I, I think he was fantastic on update this week so excited to see that will we go three in a row maybe devin or molly on update next week that would be pretty exciting so let's watch and see what happens there haynes anything else from the episode you want to bring up um well i, I did think the I did think the high school uh, pre-tape, the PDD was really fun. Um, I thought everyone did a great job in that. I mean, it was classic uh, PDD style escalation. Um, so no nothing really new in that way, but it, it, it hits every time for me. And, um, it, you know, it was just full of a bunch of dumb things that they should have noticed along the way and they never mentioned uh the fact that you know he had a gray beard and just like looked like a 67 year old <laughs> irish man did not have a classic pennsylvania accent um so uh, but uh, but yeah i i thought that one was really fun um yeah so that would be something that i would have enjoyed talking about yeah Sure. And Haynes, would you, did you like that they were outside of the office for this one? Well, I mean, that's the first thing you notice, right? You know, um, so that's exciting. Um, I don't know what that means for the future. Maybe it'll be an occasional thing. Maybe they'll never be in the office again. Um, but it was, you know, it, it kind of frees you in a way. We know that we're not pigeonholed with the office stuff forever. Although, I mean, that's kind of a cool brand to have if they did, you know, ended up doing a hundred of these things and, you know, they, and they never left and they never left the, the writer's room um, or their, or their office. Uh, I mean, that would be funny, but you know, that's in the past now um, they're taking it outside the box. And this was, it was just funny. It was just a classic funny PDD bit. Kaylee, how do you feel about our first edition of please don't destroy for the season? I liked it. I, I like that they experimented um, like Haynes was saying and, and went out of the office. I do love their in-office sketches. I, I, I really loved all of those so far. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought like maybe it could have been a little shorter because uh, I mean we get it. He's old, you know, <laughs> like, uh, but I, I thought it was fun and it was and they those those guys uh, PG, they, they play clueless amazingly. So I'm always uh, laughing at that. Okay. And Victoria, over to you. Any thoughts on PDD's short from this week? I thought it was, I thought it was great. I missed the office. I missed their office a little bit, but I think it was already. Great... Yeah. <laughs> already. No, but I think it was, I mean, I spent all summer without, without mm -hmm. the, their office, sure. you know? So I was hoping for, for one uh, coming back into it, but no, I, I think it was great. I love, again, I'm repeating myself. I'm, I'm a broken record. But I do love how much Brendan Gleeson was down to do whatever and embrace being a pretending to be a 17 year old, which is so silly. And he, I think he did it well. And yeah. Oh, there was. No, never mind. Go ahead. Okay. 
uh, <laughs> but, 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 um, but yeah, so I, I'm actually a little bit surprised because I feel that I was thrilled to see them not in the office. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't mind seeing the office as like the home base where they check mm-hmm. in every now and then with something, but I was very happy about that. And I was absolutely stunned when we asked this week on social media, do you prefer please don't destroy in the office and out of the office? And almost 80%, over 80% on Twitter, in fact, uh, said that they prefer please don't destroy in the office versus out of the office. This is crazy to me because I do feel like they could get into a little bit of a rut if they stay there. Haynes, am I wrong? Well, so that, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the debate, right? So, you know, taking, getting outside the office obviously opens you up to, you know, a lot more that you can do with where, you know, obviously you can take it now we can, now we, these things can exist anywhere. So that adds a lot more to the potential of the situations and the story that you can create un- unless you pull kind of a, I mean, you could just pull that trick where they're in the office and essentially like daydreaming that they're outside the office and all these things are happening. So you still have avenues for that from the office, but the office felt like their brand. It felt like their brand until the sketch. So now it's like, okay, we've, we've discarded that brand that were only exist in the office. Um, so it did feel like, you know, you're stripping away, you know, they they made a they made a joke um, during the during the do you think you could snap you know w- uh, when I think Heidi has to see or someone has to see his you know Mario played by Chris Pratt and it's like he's not Italian that's his whole thing you know so I think there's a lot of people going like in the office that's their whole thing you know um, so it feels like a stripping of that brand but uh, I mean I think we should be excited about the potential for what it could lead to. Um, you know, let's not live in the past, folks. We're all trying to learn and grow here. Um, so I, I so I see I see good things coming. Yeah, me too. I I wouldn't mind if they went back. I also like you know occasionally, but I also love Monette's suggestion in the chat, which is like similar to what you know Bill and Andy did with uh, Laser Cats. I wouldn't mind seeing them exploring other aspects of Thirty Rock, which we did get you know, throughout the digital short eras, uh, you know, getting to see different aspects of the building. So I think that they could play around with that. It doesn't always have to be in this like fictional setting, like the, you know, the, I guess the high school party or the three sad versions filming the music video type of thing. So I, I think that there's, you know, I, I was, once I got this, I made me very excited for season two of please don't destroy on Saturday Night Live. I think it's going to be really fun. Okay. So we have MVP results. We're going to get to in a moment. I will just say overall, you know, Checking in on my Monday thoughts on this episode, I was really, you know, impressed with Brendan, as we all said, but mostly I really loved the structure and feel of this episode of Saturday Night Live. I loved looking through these sketches, and I don't think there was more than seven people in any sketch in this particular episode. And the seven was the cold open. I think we had six in the eyes sketch, and then every other sketch throughout the night had three or four or five people. And I loved seeing that. I think that makes for a really fun night. Obviously, you know, you limit screen time, limit ability to see people. And I know people want to see their favorite cast members, but I think that the writing is so much tighter and stronger when you have sketches with less cast members in them instead of roll calling every single person. And then when you get the roll call sketch, it makes it that much sweeter if it doesn't happen that often. So I think for me, this was an extreme positive for what we got from this episode. 
All right, let's do MVP results for this episode. And we asked on social media who your MVPs were for the week. We're going to give you the top five from the audience, but I have to go around the panel and ask them for their top three from the episode, or at least the top three that they think the audience said for this episode. So let me get your guesses. Kaylee, I will start with you. I'm going to say Molly, uh, Marcelo, and let's go with, let's go with Bowen. Okay. Okay, uh, just just keep in mind, you can pick Brendan, so it doesn't have to necessarily be Oli Cast. So do you want to just sub in him at some point, or do you are you setting in with Molly, Marcelo, and then Bowen? I stand firm by my choice. Mm-hmm. Understood. Victoria? <laughs> Close to Kaylee's, but I'm going to do Molly, Brendan, and Marcelo as my top three. Molly, Brendan, and Marcelo. Haynes? Wait, am I supposed to do a top three, or are we actually picking an MVP? No, you're doing top three. Okay. Um, well, the one the one is your MVP, but who do you think? Yeah, is yeah, top yeah, three? yeah, yeah. So yeah. listen, I, I <laughs> overall overall MVP, I'm going Brendan. Okay. Because uh, I mean, he, there was a few stumbles during the monologue. And as we discussed earlier, I didn't think I was seeing his best acting during the eyeball sketch, but I feel like he really um, kind of was crushing all his other roles. Um, right behind that, though, very close, I thought. Um, the I thought the weekend update was so strong that it was Marcelo was really right, right, right there. Um, and then after that, I will go Bowen because he nailed the host and then just you know stole my heart as the lantern firefly. The lantern wait, firefly that, was last last week. So. Yeah, that was last week. I just I just realized that I was always saying that. Sorry, I watch a lot of SNL guys. Um, but uh, so um, I'm, I'll stick with Bowen anyway because he crushes everything he's in. Okay. Okay. That is fair. All right. Let's reveal the results for week number two, our MVP results, which you can vote on every week on social media. Here we go. In first place is Marcelo Hernandez for the first time in the MVP poll comes in at 28.21%. None of you said Sarah Sherman who crushed that eye sketch, but Sarah Sherman comes in number two, 20.51. Our host, Brendan Gleason comes in 15.38%. So Brendan makes the top three. Number four was Molly Kearney at 20 at 10.26%. And then Andrew Dismukes coming in at 8.97%. So a little bit surprising. No Bo and Yang for this episode who won our MVP poll last week. So we'll see if, uh, you know, who I think he had a great episode, but obviously the audience felt like there were other people who had a stronger episode. So that is okay. And we'll see if what happens in week number three. All right, let's turn the page from Brendan Gleason to our double duty host and musical guest next week, Megan the Stallion, who we saw at the beginning of season 46 as a musical guest with Chris Rock. And obviously she's continued to become uh, such a huge celebrity was recently appeared in uh, she Hulk as well. And you have to think that SNL loves their Marvel. So very excited to see what Megan the stallion will do this week. Kaylee, can I get your thoughts on your expectations for this coming episode? I'm so excited to see Megan the the stallion. Uh, She's just naturally like her, her lyrics are very funny. Um, I thought she was great in, in the song that she was in last year when she was a musical guest or year, year before, uh, I forget, but either way, I'm really excited. Um, cause I think she's going to slay both hosting and performing. Yeah. Victoria, any expectations for you with the Megan the Stallion episode? I almost don't want to overhype it because I love Meg the Stallion so much. But I think it's going to be an incredible, incredible episode. She's funny on her own. If you want, look, look at her TikToks and, you know, I've mentioned this uh, 
previously her jumping into that music video, like Mass Christmas with Jimmy Fallon, Ariana Grande, and was really funny in that. Performance-wise, she's got that in the bag. We know that's going to be killer. I'm excited to see what she's going to do as a you know, co-comedian in, in next week's episode. I don't want to overhype it, but I think it's going to be a 10 out of 10 episode. Yeah. And as Nicole mentioned in the chat, she also recently co-hosted Fallon with him. So that was something I think we brought up in the preseason as something to look back on if we want to see how she could potentially do in that type of environment. Haynes, do you have expectations for the Megan Thee Stallion episode and what are they? Yeah, I got expectations and they're high. When she, uh, her, her, her musical performance in season 46, um, and we had some great ones that year, like with the, with the fill-in Jack White and stuff, but Hers was absolutely one of my favorite, if not the best of that season. I thought I just loved the power of it. Um, the I loved all the messaging, the images in the background. I just absolutely loved it. I look so forward to this. Um, uh, out, Listen, more black female rapper host, please. That's what I want. <laughs> um, and I absolutely, um, outside of Meg the Stallion, I'm looking forward to, I really, really would like to see more Molly next week. Um, I think I'm just really looking forward to see what they have to offer. So um, I'm super pumped for Meg the Stallion and I would love it if we got to see um, Molly do uh, something from, you know, their natural perspective at the weekend update desk. That would be awesome. For sure. I'm also very excited, hopefully, to see more Punky Johnson next week, who I think could be a really fun duo with Meg Thee Stallion. Potentially, we'll get our first rap pre-tape of the season if they have a good concept for that. And we haven't seen them in the first two episodes. So, like, in that case, you know, that would be... I don't mean we haven't seen Punky. I mean, we haven't seen a rap pre-tape. So, uh, I think that would be kind of a fun thing. Victoria, you want to jump in on anything? Yeah, I was going to ask, how do we feel about those rap pre-tapes in general with Pete and Chris being gone, do we, that was something I just, I didn't know how to feel if whether or not that's going to come back. I think maybe perhaps because they did an all, all gals one with, with Kim Kardashian, but interested in seeing if that'll, that'll make a comeback. I, I think that, that that is probably a spot for Punky Johnson. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. I, I saw, I saw, I saw a little bit of this type of discussion um, happening online the other day. And someone was like, what if it turns out Andrew is like a really sick rapper? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that would be, that would be great. Yeah. Don't, don't know where this is going to go, but i um, looking forward to finding out. Yeah. Do we want to see Andrew say this? You can move your huge ass. <laughs> Megan yes. the stallion. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see. No, um, in Marcelo's words, nah, I don't like that. um okay um yeah so i'm excited for megan the stallion we'll continue to preview that all throughout the week as we look forward to week number three at the show and then hopefully some news about what's to come a couple weeks later for week number four okay kaylee victoria haynes what a fun episode breaking down this brennan gleason show with all of you i think like i said it's going to be an episode we're going to remember for a very long time happy that the chat was able to be so active tonight on this monday night as well great seeing all of your thoughts so coming up this week on the saturday night network we still got two more shows 
this week talking about this episode. And first up on Wednesday night at 8.30, we'll have Mike and Nicole back to reveal the screen time from this particular episode. will be really fun to compare, like I said, last week to this week with you know some less, uh, less amount of ske- uh, sketches for the particular cast members. How does that affect the screen time? Who ends up on top? What important analytics will be discussed? Mike and Nicole will reveal those live on Wednesday night and break down all the numbers. So check out that By the Number show on Wednesday. And then Thursday night, we will be live. I think it's going to be a late one for our patron feedback show on Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern with two of our patrons, Will and Carlos, to answer questions from the uh, from the listeners about the Megan the Stallion episode coming up and also the Brendan Gleeson episode that just happened. So we will take all of those questions and answer them all on Thursday. So if you want to get your answers in, we have our patrons who are going to give their ratings for the number show that will be released tomorrow on Patreon. So patreon.com slash SNL network if you want to contribute to the patron ratings. And then if you want to get your questions in for the patron feedback show, that will be out on Twitter and Instagram on Wednesday, the day prior to the patron feedback shows. Okay, Kaylee, where can the listeners check out all the wonderful things you got going on? And how's everything happening with uh, your podcast? What's happening over there? Yeah, well, we're on a little bit of a hi- hiatus, but if you want to check out uh, our older episodes, you can find cool. uh, my podcast, Twin Indigenous, uh, with, along with my twin sister, uh, at Twin Indigenous Podcast on Instagram. Uh, and you can listen to us on wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, but also... You can follow me personally at Z-E Kaylee. That's K-A-L-E-Y, like Kaylee Cuoco, uh, Morrison, on Instagram and Twitter. And also, uh, October 30th, I'm doing a showcase at The Pit, along with a lot of other talented people. And if you're in New York, uh, November 13th, I'm doing a show about Mary-Kate and Ashley with my twin sister. Uh, Also at The Pit, you can go to uh, thepit-nyc.com to learn more about that. But if you're American Ashley fan come in new york uh come out on november 13th at 7 p.m maybe mary kaylee and ashley for that one ah mm-hmm. i i'm i'm the ashley though that's the only issue oh, okay, but... okay. <laughs> missed, missed opportunity but uh yeah uh, but if i am in new york around the times that you're there kaylee would love to come out and see you of course yes looking please. forward to that and if you're in new york definitely check her out over there victoria where can the listeners check out everything you got going on yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Victoria F, but replacing the first I with a period. And if you're in the Detroit area, I am performing my own sketch. Well, it's not my show, but I will be performing any sketch comedy show similar to Saturday Night Live on November 18th and 19th, as well as November 25th and 26th at the Planet Ant Theater. So find me there. Sounds good. Haynes, over to you for where people can check out everything you have going on. Well, on November 13th, I will be celebrating my birthday. And on November 25th and 26th, I will be doing Thanksgiving stuff. And I can technically be found on the tweet machine at SNL has a cast and Instagram at can Drew attitude, but I'm hiding from the public. Don't don't come for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I would suggest maybe staying away for a few days and let all this try guy stuff you know, rush <laughs> over. And the internet will be more fun in a few more days. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, really appreciate everybody tonight and appreciate all the chat comments. Such a fun week of Saturday Night Live. I can't wait to continue to celebrate it all week long with all of you. So uh, for Kaylee, for Haynes, for Victoria, for everybody in our chat tonight on this Monday night, my name is John Schneider from the Saturday Night Network. We will see you next time, everybody. Have a good one.